The Morning Brew Podcast with Jaffe and Razor, sponsored by Berkshire Bank Home Lending. Where you borrow matters. And welcome into a very special morning brew with Jaffe and Razor. It's special because, first of all, as we sit here, it is 1.33 a.m. in the morning after the Boston Bruins beat the Seattle Kraken in a wild, crazy, incredibly entertaining 6-5 game. Uh, Not the game that I think many people on the outside looking in would predict, but yet these two teams brought it, and it wasn't perfect. It wasn't always pretty. But in the end, the Bruins win yet again and now are 44-8-5. But even more than that, before the game, the Boston Bruins pull off a major trade for two players, Dmitry Arlov and Garnet Hathaway from the Washington Capitals. And uh, they make a statement, as have a few other teams, Razor, in this let's beat the deadline by many days, not just the deadline on the deadline. Let's get ahead of it a bit. And, uh, folks, we're really not going to talk much about the game. We can, we can hit it super quick and say it was crazy. It was nuts. The Bruins come back. They get goal from Carlo to tie it, and then a hard-earned goal by DeBrusque on the tip. But overall, I guess what we'll do is this. We're going to talk much more about the trade and what it means for the Bruins. Just to, to wrap a bow on this game, it's like a one-beer brew, by the way. Yeah. Late night. Um, Razor. Did it surprise you almost that this game happened as it did? Very, at times, very loose. A lot of, from a Bruins perspective, some turnovers, giveaways. By the way, the, the official score had like the Bruins <laughs> with like, I think, five giveaways. Are was, you kidding me? It was the me? first shift, there was five. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, please. Uh, but that, that, again, are you surprised that you. the game, given the travel, and people might say, what do you mean the travel? Everybody travels. Well, east to west feels a lot different than west to east. The East Star doesn't much. The trade, the everything. Do you, do you, are you surprised that they got this game? No, not at all. And, and yes, everyone travels and everyone has games like this. That, that's that's the, the reality of the NHL. And, and yet we're setting a record tonight, folks, for the latest recorded brew in history. <laughs> with the, that is an absolute. Uh, not surprised. It, it was setting up for... Uh, uh, what I'm more surprised is that Seattle allowed it to get that bad and actually allowed the Bruins into the game. If Seattle had just played a tighter game and not allowed Bruins to come back, or maybe it's just the fact the Bruins are that good. But they were sloppy, a lot of turnovers, never really got to a good defensive flow in their game at all. But Jeremy Swayman made some big saves in the first period, kept it 1-1, and then the best players on the ice did their best player thing. Yeah. It's interesting. Seattle almost all the time was above the puck, had three guys back. Yeah. They lined up three on the blue line. But if they didn't stop and swarm before or between the blue line and the red line, it was almost like if you got it like eight to 10 feet into the D zone, then all of a sudden they had trouble right there. Yeah. By the way, did either goalie give up what you would call a bad goal? No. I don't think, I couldn't think of one either. That there was, was 11 goals. You're not going to. I, you're not putting any of them 
on any of the goaltenders. Right. Philip Grubauer times. was good. Yeah, huge save on Marshawn, breakaway save on Mar. He made three big saves in the second period yeah. alone. Swayman was excellent. We talked yeah. about his uh, battle. Yeah. I mean, we talk he made some really big saves. How many is he? 30 what? 30, 36. 36. 36 of 41. So, I, I mean, it's crazy. The goals against and save percentage are going to get dumped on. Yeah. But that's a that's a win that I think a team looks at and says, guys, it wasn't pretty, but damn, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. And that that was good. It, it could almost be a team bonding type win. Well, especially early in the road trip, like that gets everyone's excited tonight. Now everyone's excited tomorrow. Even being back at the rink, despite the goalies might be the only one. You know, Jeremy might be the only one. Like ah, five goals, but everyone else will be pumped. Everyone else had pluses. Everyone had points. Everyone had touches. And you feel good about it. It does help carry you into the next three and four in Western Canada where it's minus 20 and it's cold and snowy and, and you just need a little bit of energy to get through it. All right, so that wraps up the That's game. That's it. Yeah. It, was, it was not a shit show by any stretch. It was a fun show. Yep. It was at times a sloppy show, but it was a show that was highly entertaining. And in, when it's all said and done, that's the business yeah. of the NHL of pro sports. And while... You know, I know it Jim, entertained us all the way till one in the morning. Absolutely. Like it was a perfect game for us. Right. So being selfishly. Not a lot to analyze. No, just a it was lot great. To talk about it. <laughs> exactly. It was great. All right. So there was a lot of talk. So folks, that's that's the game there. But let, let's get to the talk of the town as far as it goes for the Bruins right now. The trade. A lot of talk in the last five days about Jacob Chikrin, the potential. Never really felt that that was real. Never. And people I, you know, checked in with and everything. It was not a real heavy-duty feel that would happen. Um, but then uh, Gavrikov from Columbus, that had legit behind it. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of talk between the Bruins and Columbus on that one. Gavrikov was going to come here. He was going to be that guy. He's going to play a big role for them. But they had to make it work. They had to move money. They were going to give up, but what it was word it, the word was a first and a third. That kind of gets a little south because of the moving of the money. It sounds like it doesn't happen. But we talked about both on and off the air before about how there could be more of a deal out there. And Don Sweeney comes through. He goes to the Washington Capitals, a team, and I will tip my hat to Brian McClellan, their general manager, who isn't chasing a falsehood of getting into the playoffs and, quote, anything can happen. Because, especially without John Carlson, who's been out a while, I, 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 the team, if they got in, maybe could create havoc in the first round, but anything more than that, Razor, not real in my eyes. No, no, and, and it was certainly obvious after they got, they got, they got wiped by Detroit this week, but they've lost four in a row. They beat the Bruins out of the break. Alex Ovechkin, unfortunately, has to go back to Russia for a family issue. His father passes away. He's gone. The team kind of falls apart this week, and Washington makes the decision to to jump, and fortunately, Don Sweeney's in the mix on that, and he's he's kicking those tires prior to all of this, and we were talking about Columbus and the Gavrikov. It seemed very mutual, and it seemed like something was going to get done. But you're saying, okay, well, they still need a forward. And how are they going to move enough money? How are they going to leave enough options open? How are they going to put these two deals together where now Don finds a way to work with Washington and put one deal in place that allows them to get both pieces? And it's, it's brilliant. It's smart. 
And the way this deal got done is off the board, exciting, surprises everyone at the last second, and it fills the needs exactly to what the Bruins, and we talked about on all of these brews on what the Bruins need, what do they need, what do they need. I think both of these players are exactly what we talked about. They bring a lot of it. Physical presence, hard to play against, tough. Experience. Experience. Size, not mm-hmm. that the Bruins are considered small, but you're adding some good size to the mix too. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting the kind of depth forward, especially in Garnet Hathaway, that being a right shot. I think that's important. Yeah, You're playing a lot of guys, well, two of them, on their off wing in your bottom six, right? Yes. And you know, especially without Craig Smith there. You're putting Frederick on his offside, that line, assuming assuming it's Hall, Coyle, and Frederick. Mm-hmm. That's an off shot on the right side. And then you've got the off shot as well with Felino or Greer yeah. on that fourth line. DeBrusque on the top It doesn't line, count. I get it. It doesn't but count. But if he's out, like we saw with him out, it really throws a wrinkle because there's still a bunch of left shots over on the other side. Right. There's no that. There's no right that can jump up there. So you get the right shot. Now, yeah. You can't look past that. I know guys can play their offside, but you get the right shot. I think it's very important. So the deal, in case you didn't hear it, I'm assuming if you're listening to Morning Brew with Chaffee and Razor, I'm assuming you know it. Dmitry Orlov, defenseman, right wing Garnet Hathaway from the Washington Capitals to the Boston Bruins for Craig Smith, a Bruins first-round pick, this year, a Bruins second round pick in 25, in 25, but then a third round pick in 24. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then there's also an element where Minnesota gets involved and the Bruins get the rights to a Russian player. It looks like Svechnikov. It's not Andre <laughs> Svechnikov. Unfortunately. It's, it's, yeah. So that would be a steal. But it, 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 it's for a player, and uh, I don't have it in front of me, so forgive Svech, me. Svechkotlov. Something. Yeah. yeah, okay. And But the Bruins give then a fifth-round pick to Minnesota. Minnesota then takes 25% of the remaining portion of Orlov's salary. Washington had retained 50%. So the Bruins are getting Orlov at 25% of his remaining salary, which is a million. Mm-hmm. Hathaway, by the way, makes 1.5. That's yeah. his cap. They saved money making this deal. They have more money against the cap. Right. Than so they you did move Craig Smith at 3.1. Yeah. You bring in a guy at 1.5 in Hathaway and a little, I think it's 1 or 1.1 one, one mm-hmm. in Orlov. Yeah. So you're saving money. So, yes, there's still room, folks, to do more <laughs> if they want to. Yeah. Do you want to go with Orlov first, or do you yeah. want to go with Hathaway? All right, Orlov. Orlov. Dmitry yeah. Orlov, a player that back in 2018 was part of, a big part, by the way, of the Stanley Cup winning Washington Capitals run. He has played 686 career games for the Caps. That's the number four overall all-time games played for a Capitol defenseman. He's a Russian kid, uh, like I said, 31 years old. He is listed at 5'11", 214 pounds. His legs are like tree trunks. Think Marty St. Louis style. But since the 15-16 season, he has been a regular in the National Hockey League. You could argue 13-14, he played most of the season there too. But 15-16 on a regular. His first four seasons, he played all 82 games. Mm -hmm. He is known for being a ferocious open ice hitter. Um, we saw that a couple of years ago, Kevin Miller with Kevin Miller hit him. Um, he is also known for having a great shot, 
But more than anything, he's known for being a highly competitive 200-footer, two-way defenseman. For the Bruins, you get a guy who, on most teams, he's the number four. He's a top four guy. He can play left side or right side. How do you like the fit for the Bruins? I think it's I think it's perfect. I think it's as good as you could get when you're looking at a lot of these other names um, that that there was talk. Now he's more he's more than a depth defenseman, right? He is more than a depth defenseman. He is, to your point, a guy who won a Stanley Cup, being a top four defenseman. He's uh, a player that is. He, the way he plays a 200 foot game, you know, he has great hockey sense. He's smart. He's physical, and and Don Sweeney talked about it. He can play all situations. He can he play. He can kill penalties. He certainly can be on the power play. We don't envision that here in this situation, but he can do all of that. He has the offensive capability to get the pucks on net. He does have a really good shot, and we've talked about it on the Brew when the Bruins were playing Washington going into the playoffs. That this is a guy that can be a wild card on the back end that can be effective and you have to be you have to know when he's on the ice and he he can change the way teams play so the fact that he's more, not just a depth defenseman he's more than a depth defenseman it should be exciting for Bruins fans right so we don't see him getting power play time you see him getting penalty kill time yes though, for sure obviously uh and the Bruins penalty kill has been just been tremendous so then the question that everybody wants to know we got a, b- a bunch of people on social media asking to is where does he fit now we're not saying right now because right now look the Bruins are just hoping to get Hathaway and Orlov to make it out to Vancouver meet the team get to know the team maybe play games out there I'm skeptical more than one maybe two I mean two would be the max but Mm -hmm. you know regardless maybe play a game out there as well but where does he fit when it's all said and done? In a perfect hockey world, a healthy hockey world, where does he fit? you got to imagine, you know, look, this is a guy that's comfortable playing 22 to 24 minutes a night. you got to imagine, I, I would think, I mean, is there a rotation that, and that's, that starts given the situation that the Bruins are in? Is it a rotation between Grizzly, Clifton, and then Forbert? To me, Forbert's ultimate value of penalty kill you know right up there with carlo that your left guy and your right shot guy mm-hmm. forward your left shot guy i think keeps him in the lineup more than perhaps those other I, at least to begin no i agree or maybe even not to begin but game one of the stanley cup playoffs okay. maybe, right like right. or you're one right. of the other those pieces i i see that value the forward value of shutdown defense of Penalty kill, blocking shots, blocking shots, playoff type, long body. Uh, it, I don't know how that comes out. Um, and then you look at Grizzlick, Orlov, Clifton are somewhat similar in skating ability and passing the play. But Orlov's got that extra edge that we just talked about. He's he's more than that. So so yeah, I can see matchup wise. Um, off what what do you need? Who you're playing against? But before that, you're you're probably rotating just to keep it honest and, and see what kind of you're going to be doing a lot of matching. You're going to do, be doing a lot of pairing up of the people to see where everyone sits. And I'm I'm as fascinated as anyone else. I don't think I would be surprised if Jim Montgomery knows what he's going to do. 
with with Orlov and with his defense at this point. I, I think they're probably sitting up or sitting on the plane right now talking about it because they haven't got to it because they're worried about the game tonight. Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle it. And they, you want to get everybody ice time heading into the playoffs. Yep. You want to get everybody you all, and you want to see what combinations there are too. You need to test things out, but I do think you'll see a bit of a of a rotation. I now now assuming let's just assume and holy shit, who knows? I mean, mm -hmm. but, but before Friday Next, a week from tomorrow, could be another three. Could deals. be another deal. Yeah, but I I wouldn't be surprised if you see a, a, a rotation of even McAvoy and Lindholm come out for a game here. I mean, why? Sure. Why not? Sure. We know that. Yep. Load management. Load management's coming. The key is, and and we've heard this all year long, and Jim Montgomery's done a wonderful job. Is communication. These guys, there's going to be a lot of individual meetings tomorrow in Vancouver where everyone's going to sit down and there's going to be an explanation of this is what our thought is now. This is how we plan on doing this. Because again, the players on the back end, the, the Grizzlies, the forward, they get it. They're, they're not, they're not, they don't have their head in the sand. They know every player in the NHL. Any, every NHL player knows every other NHL player. You know what skill set everyone has. The coaches are going to now have to do a good job of communicating, explaining, and keeping everybody involved. And that's why that rotation is important because you need to keep everybody involved and have everybody understand that we are going to need you over not just the next 25 games, but over the next 25 plus 28 games. How difficult do you think it will be for a guy like Dmitry Orlov to assimilate to the system of Jim Montgomery given now look they they kind of like to push the play in in Washington but they're not playing what the Bruins are playing no um you know an Orlov by the way just folks in case you're wondering Orlov in a full healthy season and again he had four 82 game seasons consecutively in a row was always between 29 and 33 points he has put up 35 points at his career high if he wasn't on a team with John Carlson he'd probably get a lot more power play time mm -hmm. and maybe be a 40 to, I think a 45 point sounds like his max to me, yep. but he's been a 30 point guy given his situation, but he can also go out there an awful lot and play heavy duty minutes against opponents, top players too, due to his physical strength. Again, he's only five eleven, but at two fifteen, he is stout. Yep. He is real physically stout. Um, but now, you know, the, the learning curve of coming in, and he's got time. He does. He's got, he's got time. Do you think you know, that'll be difficult for him? I don't, and, that, and it's because he's a pro. He's played 686 games, and I think that's where we go into experience, and he'll be able to assimilate more than maybe a younger guy, a guy who hasn't played as many NHL games, hasn't seen as much. And I also think the way the Bruins' defense has basically in 56 games flipped to this offensive juggernaut. It seems as though Montgomery's system with that weak side D isn't that difficult either. And, and I think I, I can picture Orlov getting down on that weak side because he's fast enough, he can move, he's going to read the play enough that he's going to figure that out pretty quickly. I See, I think he'll figure that out quickly. Where I think he'll have an adjustment, big-time adjustment, is D-zone because of the hybrid. Of yeah, the, the centerman. The centerman position, but also the D. Yeah. You don't go chase. It's not man to man. You're not chasing all the way up the wall. You're handing off. You're getting. You're you're either handing off or being handed off at certain places. Yeah. You're you're sifting up to. And what the communication is in those situations yeah. with each other. 
See, to me, having played his whole career, now he had Barry Trotz for a coach. Uh, he's had Peter Laviolette for a coach. He may have even had Todd Reardon, I think, as a, as a yeah, coach. Yeah, for the one year, yeah. Well, that, to me, will be the bigger challenge for him. Uh-huh. That's where I think. I think the Gideon go, I think he'll probably enjoy that. Yeah. So that's something just to keep an eye on. The good news is, folks, the regular season doesn't end until about, what, April 11th? Yeah, we've got six whatever. weeks to crank that out. Six weeks, right. So he'll have to work on that. That's, to me, even though he's a pro, and, of course, it's important, but if you're playing a certain way for a long time, that's where the D zone for a defenseman. I've got to talk to a few guys admitted. It's been hard at times in season learning that. Mm-hmm. That's where coming in as a Bruin in training camp, yes. playing that helps in, in, an awful lot. But Dmitry Orlov, to me, will be a uh, – I, I mean, he could be a difference maker mm-hmm. for this team on the back end in a long playoff run. Absolutely. He, he absolutely could, given his versatility. Um, and given, he, let's not also look past this razor. He's 31. He has another big contract coming. Uh-huh. Term probably was what hindered him from signing in Washington. I think he wanted to stay there. Yeah. Now, there again, a team kind of eh, in and out, up and down, 50 50 type team. But I think he wanted probably six, seven years. I don't know if he was going to get it there yeah. for that kind of money. So, you know, he's going to be motivated to put up some, a good performance for this to help catapult him into the free agent market. Most likely, not 100%, but most likely this is a rental. Yeah, and, and, and I am 100% down with that. The, oh, there's, I know, the, yeah. there's no, we don't need to discuss that if that's a good idea or not. They're 100%. They got a really good hockey player, and, and rental or not, let's, let's rock and roll here. Yeah, no question uh, about it. All right, before we get to Garnet Hathaway, why don't we tell you about our sponsors on this show? And uh, because they are the ones that make it possible for us to do this, even sitting here late at night, I would say our sponsors are our beverages tonight. <laughs> but uh, they're just what my eyes open They're just here. what's getting it uh, through us. So uh, Berkshire Bank uh, is the uh, proud. Uh, leading sponsor, our, our title sponsor of the show. And we thank Berkshire Bank for being with us the last couple of years. Uh, wonderful people, wonderful products. Thank you to Berkshire Bank. This show is also made possible by Fazenda Coffee, Rodenheiser Home Services, and Eastern Standard Provisions. Fazenda Coffee is where you go to get the morning brew blend, but also now, Razor, oh. you go to Fazenda Coffee. Folks, they are here. Go to fazendacoffee.com slash morningbrew, and you will see... The nicest, coolest, sharpest travel mugs you have ever seen in your life. And I'm not exaggerating. No, no. They'll be all over social media tomorrow when I wake up and get out of bed at noon or something like that. I love it. Yeah. All right. The mugs are here. We have we had the you know the the white mugs, but now we've got black matte oh, morning brew travel mugs. Go to morning brew or uh, fazendacoffee.com slash morning brew. Check it out. You order them there. Uh, you can order them in bundles or you, you know, with, with product, with coffee product, or offer them on your own. Folks, I'm telling you, you're gonna, first of all, you're going to love them. They're clean canteen brand. You are gonna, you're going to love the look of them, and you're going to love the quality of them. So go check out fazendacoffee.com slash morningbrew. Rodenheiser Home Services wants to know, if you're worried that your system might fail this winter, well, you know what? Don't, because Rodenheiser has you covered. They've got online scheduling options, and because of that, it's never been easier to book an appointment that's convenient for you, not for that company. Visit Rodenheiser.com to schedule an appointment today. Rodenheiser techs are ready to keep you warm and safe all winter long. They're your local heating 
experts. Go check out Rodenheiser.com. And lastly, Eastern Standard Provisions. I'm going to go a little off script here and just tell you about Eastern Standard Provisions. Go to e, um, esprovisions.com. Check out what they've got there. They've got all different kind of products between the artisanal Bavarian style pretzels. They got pretzel bites, pretzel logs. They've got unbelievable waffles. They are so simple to use, as Razor said last time we talked about them. You take them out, you put them into either the oven or into the toaster a couple of minutes, and they come out. I had one. I found an extra one today. I had one this oh. afternoon. Jake was starved, so he put one in, took them out. It was actually the pretzel bites, took them out. And again, I told you, I like the olive oil with salt, simple. Mm-hmm. He just chowed them down. I don't know what he had. He had like four <laughs> different sauces with them. He just mowed them down. But you go to esprovisions.com, order them for yourself, order a gift. Or you know what? If you want to go to Whole Foods in the New England area, go to the Whole Foods for the freezer st- section and look for different products there from Eastern Standard Provisions. They are the best soft pretzels you will ever have. Bar none. Go not try them out. You will absolutely love them. They go perfect with coffee. And if they don't, they go perfect <laughs> with beer. All right, Garnet Hathaway, the other player that the Boston Bruins uh, acquired from the Washington Capitals. Garnet Hathaway is also 31 years old. He is a UFA to be. Uh, he hasn't played 686 games. He's played 432 games, Razor, between the Calgary Flames and the Washington Capitals. He played four years of college hockey at Brown and then a couple of years in the minors. And this is a guy at 6'3", 208 pounds, is a classic, really fourth liner, maybe a little third liner here and there. I mean, he can ride up the elevator here and there. But on a great team like the Bruins, yeah. he fits them perfectly on a fourth line roll. Again, a right shot. Physically, this, this is the, the demands of the playoffs. Physically, this is what he brings. He brings, you called it during the show, that straight line game. And the Bruins need more of that. They do it, and it's 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 again, it's just like such a perfect fit, and, and to be able to pull this off, and, and to have again, his name just wasn't coming out because Washington was kind of in the mix, and then now that it falls out in the last couple of days, he's exactly the guy that that the Bruins would want to have because he's big, he's sturdy. And he he's going to play physical, and and you talked about him playing right on the line. He's he's really really he's, he 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 is going to get underneath the skin of the first round matchup game one. You it's automatic. The first time he jumps over the boards, he is going to take a run at somebody in game one in the garden. The garden's going to go nuts when he does it, and, and he's going to create a lot of energy. So he is exactly what. The fan base, I think a lot of our listeners have been clamoring for, even last season going into the Carolina series. That's what this guy does, and and he plays it very well. He's smart in his role. He understands his role, and he's more than willing to play that role. Is it a good thing? And I'm being serious here. You know, you have a guy in Brad Marchand who, you know, spectacular player. Uh, You love him on your team, Mm -hmm. and you probably despise him yeah. If he's not oh, on your team, certainly. right? Edmonton Oilers. Certainly. Edmonton Oilers. Right? <laughs> I mean, there's other teams. Too. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, you and I are ginormous Brad Marchand fans. We, he's be, the best. Because we know what he's about. Um, Hathaway seems to have some of those similar characteristics. How good of a thing is that to have two guys that you love to have on your team, but you can't stand them if they're not? No, it's, it's, it's huge. 
It, it's huge. It really is. You go through the Stanley Cup winners the last few years, and you go through uh, the the teams and the players that they have, and and that's what gets you there. That's what puts you over the top a lot of times, and it's it's because of their competitiveness. Mm-hmm. And this team got more competitive. Orlov is an extremely competitive player. Mm-hmm. Hathaway is an extremely competitive player. These guys don't give an inch out on the ice. They don't give an inch whether they're chirping each other. And for Hathaway to be that fourth line, there's there's not many that are going to be able to match his energy, whoever they're playing against. All right, let's play make your lines. Yeah. All right? Yeah. We think Bergeron's line stays the same. Just mm-hmm. a hunch. All Just right? a hunch. So Bergeron, Marchand, DeBrusque. Checkmates, Krejci. Zaka, Pasta, okay? Coyle, third-line center, exactly where you want him to be. Taylor Hall, third-line left wing. Trent, Trent Frederick go back to that right wing on that side? That's my sense. That's right. That's my sense. And then no six slots, fourth-line center. That's exactly... Uh, they're missing him. They're mm-hmm. missing him the last 11 games. You put him back in that fourth-line center, that's exactly where he can go. He does the face-off thing where they need him. Hathaway is more than responsible on the right side. Nick Foligno, we know with his game this year, they can start in their defensive zone. So you got Nick Foligno leading the Bruins forwards in hits. Yeah. Now you get Hathaway, one of the top hit leaders in the National Hockey League. So now you got the hit brothers, right, on the right and the left. And you got Nosek just staying, managing, being underneath, being over top of the puck, completely wrecking. It's a, it's a really good fit. It's okay. a really good fit for us. So line. we're figuring, we're surmising here that AJ Greer might be the extra right now. It's it it it's with all hands on deck. Yes, with all hands on. But deck. But he's gonna play. He is gonna. And you know what? I now you know AJ Greer also he's got another guy to kind of run around with to help mm-hmm. him out with some of the tough stuff too. That's if, right. if or when. It comes up, and we have. You know, he's fought a couple of times. We know he enjoys it. Uh, Hathaway, not afraid at all to get involved with it. But now you got two of those guys, and throw Uncle Nick into that mix too. Yeah. Well, and and okay. So then let's go down the 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 negative thought that's going to happen at some point. Okay, we lose. You lose a winger. Yeah. Wherever that is. Okay. Well, AJ Greer jumps in. Hathaway moves up to the third line. AJ Greer's fourth line, or AJ goes up yep. to the left wing. Nick Felino goes to the right wing on the third line. Whatever it is, you can you you start putting all those pieces together and everything starts to still fit. That's that's the biggest key come playoff time. As as you know, and you've seen all the Stanley Cup final games and you've been a part of all those, is that it, it's always about putting another piece in that does a very similar job. And, right. and that's the key to building a Stanley Cup playoff team. And so now you've built your depth to a point, uh, both offensively and it looked like, I think defensively. I mean, now you're extra defensemen, assuming you don't make, again, we're making the assumption no more moves, but Zaboro, Zaboro, I thought kind of struggled, by the way. Yeah, um, tough, it's such tough, a tough, tough, spot. tough spot. Like he right. finds out that you know he probably he probably wasn't playing until what an hour or two before the game. He may have gotten word about three o'clock. Be ready. Yeah, that's tough. You know, it is tough. And then you're playing seventy. And, so, and you but, just you know, know it's you want a... Jacob to get your Jakob. You want him to get very. You really you're gonna, you're rooting for him. You want him to get there. Yeah. But now you got him. Then we you know Mike Riley. Then I think Anton Strawman. So you've added to that depth significantly. Now up front. You know, you've got uh, Chris Wagner. You've got McLaughlin. You've got guys now 
if you get down to those, not you know what I mean? Yeah. Then yeah. you're like, well, wait a second. Those don't have to be our first call up. Those are our second. Yeah, and that that's up. that's all the difference in the world. It really is. Right. Because usually that second call up is like one game. Yeah. Because guys get healthy miraculously in playoff time. They get healthy within three days. So one guy goes in for one game. It's when you ha- when you have to rely on some of those guys for two, three, four games of a series that you can get yourself in trouble. Yeah. And there's going to be, and the East is a beast. Oh, it's going it to be awesome. It is awesome. It is awesome. The top six teams in the East, <laughs> Bruins, Tampa, Toronto, and the Atlantic, and the Metro. Carolina, the Rangers. Holy shit! If the Rangers get Patrick Kane, if oh they, mama! If they pull that off, well, the New and, and New Jersey and and Carolina have to be fighting over Timo Meyer. Yeah, like wild dogs right yeah. now. The the phone calls going out to Mike Greer right now must be nuts. The six best teams in the NHL are all from the East. Mm-hmm. They, they no are. question, and, and <laughs> I mean the six the six t- I, I I don't I can't remember. There's probably been at some point when the West really had all those juggernauts, but I can't remember six teams being this good playing each other in the first round either. Yeah, the way the wild card sets up, it's you, you've got that. That's that first round in both the two, three of both divisions in the in Eastern Conference are nuts. Looking nuts. forward to it. We're not there just yet. No. By the way, Garnet Hathaway is also from Kenny Bunkport, Maine, as we oh, mentioned. We gotta put that in played in at brown so he is a local kid he's a new englander who uh i'm curious i'm a, i'm i'm gonna make an assumption perhaps unfairly but i'm gonna assume the bruins were his favorite team growing up mm-hmm. if they weren't they were the team that he saw an awful lot given that he grew up in kenny bunkport uh did play at phillips andover as well so he has a lot of local history I am as excited as could be to watch him come in. Now, you know, you don't want him to be overzealous and do something, you know, crossing <laughs> the line, stay on that line early on. But I love the sheer physical size that he brings in. He'll help kill some penalties. Figure 12, 12 to 13 minutes a game. I mean, with this team, hey, it might be 10. Yeah. It might be 10 to 12 minutes. But uh, a regular hit leader in the National Hockey League, for the most part, folks, uh, he's a guy that produces about 18 to 20, 22 uh, uh, 20 points over a, a season, a regular season. So at the end of the day, it's today, the, the, the deal on Thursday could not have gone much better? Uh, no, and I, I guess, no, I don't think so. It could, I don't think it could have gone better. And the, 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 the value, what they gave up, basically, the first round pick is, and when I say it's a second round pick, no, it's a first no. round pick. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. so what? Thirty second overall. Who 30 cares? Thirty second. Right. Go. So now the Bruins don't have a first or second round pick in this draft coming up. So what? Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Right. I mean, if if, if I really want to be a smart ass, yeah. I, I won't be here. Yeah. I won't. Be. I was going to say uh, something about they could trade a certain player that hasn't signed a contract yet. Yeah. 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 That's I'm, right. I'm oh, kidding. Yeah, dra- I'm kidding. Draft day. Draft day. I'm they'll kidding. get. They'll get 19 first rounders back. <laughs> kidding, folks. I'm just bullshit, and I'm just kidding. Um, he's going to sign. Yeah. Of he, he, he's going to sign. But no, I mean the value they gave. I mean a first, a third, a, a first, a second, and a third, but over. Different years. Yeah. You gotta, I mean. No, this is a good deal. It's, it's a good deal. You know, and then people say, well, you know, they're pure rentals. I'm not so sure about Hathaway. Maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, he's at 1.5 this year. Maybe he slots in. It depends who you keep and who you don't off your roster. But let's, let's not even go there right now. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The purpose matter. of this matter. trade was not to re-sign these guys. Yeah. The purpose of this trade was to win 
the Stanley Cup. Yeah, you're not dealing with rentals when you're one of the best teams in the history of the first 56 games in the NHL. Right. It's not a rental. You're, you're Stanley Cup. That's it. This he, is it. That's it. This is what we're doing. This then you've got the two best players you could do that at this point. So Really good. Really good deal. A lot of fun. Good stuff. All right, that's going to wrap up this morning brew with Jaffe and Razor. Late night brew. Uh, thank you to Berkshire Bank. And as well, thank you to Fazenda Coffee. Go check out the travel mugs. I'm telling you, folks, you're going to love them. Rodenheiser, thank you to them as well. And uh, your home heating experts and Eastern Standard Provisions. All right, the Bruins win in Seattle. They win 6-5 to five in one of the craziest games of the season. They are now 44-8-5. The Bruins will have Friday off. Then they go, or they're going to be in Vancouver. They play the Canucks. Folks, it's a 7 o'clock Eastern time game on Saturday night. Razor and I will not, unless, again, something else happens, we will not do a morning brew with Jaffe and Razor after that game. We will do a morning brew with Jaffe and Razor either after Monday or Tuesday's game, one of the two. We will figure that one out, but we are not going to do a show after Saturday's game. Everybody, your Boston Bruins win not only on the ice, but they went off the ice, making a huge trade that should do them really good. So, for the love of brew, enjoy your coffee.